1 Peter 3, 14-16 Have no fear of them, your adversaries, nor be troubled. But in your hearts honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet, and this is what we want to focus on, do it with gentleness and fear. I know that's translated in some translations as respect, but it's the same word used several times in this book of fear, and we'll come back to fear of what? Gentleness and fear, having a good conscience, so that when you are slandered, those who reviled your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. And all I want to focus on in this session is the how of this defense, the how of giving a reason. When it says, give the defense, give the reason for the hope that is in you, how do we do it? We do it with gentleness. We do it in fear. We keep a clear conscience. And to answer what's involved in those, we look closely at the context and then the wider context, not only in Peter, but in the New Testament. Father, oh, the importance of gentleness before the world. Oh, the importance of fearing you. And oh, the importance of a good, clean conscience as we try to bear witness to the world that is so full of accusations. So come, give us these things by helping us see them, I pray in Jesus' name. Amen. So we're not talking about what these reasons are and what this defense is. We're talking about the, the demeanor of the defense, which Peter regards as very important. And the first thing he says is, when you give a reason, when you make this defense, do it with gentleness, which is the opposite, of course, is of a kind of swagger and a kind of braggadocio, a kind of severity, a kind of cleverness. There's a lot of people who, in our day, try to sound so sharp and rude and clever and they want to get the last word and they want to sound like they're getting a good put down and striking a good pose and all of that seems so foreign to the idea of of gentleness he had just said don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling so if our enemies come up to us and with a with a sneer say yeah you christians tell us a reason for this so-called mythological hope that you have a lot that's in us that's sinful would want to strike back. And, and he's saying, don't repay evil for evil or reviling for reviling, but bless. So this is the gentleness that he's talking about. Bless, for to this you were called that you may obtain a blessing. So our first way of doing this defense and this giving of a reason is with gentleness, returning good for evil and not reviling for reviling. And the second way is fear. And I translated fear just because phobos means 
fear. And we know it's not fear of man because right here he said, have no fear of them. Don't fear your adversaries. Fear God. Fear dishonoring God. Honor Christ the Lord as holy by your fearlessness and fear dishonoring Christ by your fear of man. Let Christ be your fear and Christ be your dread. Let there be a a trembling in you. Here's chapter 1, verse 17. If you call on him as Father, who judges impartially each according to his deeds, conduct yourselves with fear throughout the time of your exile, knowing what? That you were ransomed from your futile ways, inherited from your forefathers, not with perishable things such as silver or gold, but, I should have included it, with the precious blood of Christ. You have been bought with such a precious price, fear bringing any dishonor upon the Christ who died for you. So this trembling fear here is not fear of man at all. It's the very thing that frees us from the fear of man. And lastly, do this defense, give these reasons for the hope that is in you with a good conscience. How do you have a good conscience? Well, by being gentle. If the conscience condemns you because of your angry and bitter attitude, you'll have a very hard time giving a compelling witness to unbelievers. A lot of witness to unbelievers is hindered by Christians with a bad conscience. But the big question here is, is our action the only way that we can have a good conscience? Is there, isn't there something more fundamental? We're Christians. Isn't there a gospel way toward a good conscience? And, of course, the answer is yes. Here's 321, just a couple of verses later. Baptism, which corresponds to this, now saves you not, don't misunderstand him, as a removal of dirt. It's not the external act of baptism which saves you. How is it then? But as an appeal to God for a good conscience through the resurrection of Jesus Christ. So we, in baptism, we are crying out to God, O God, grant me as a free gift the cleansing of my conscience through the resurrection of Jesus. Here's the way it's put in Hebrews 9, 14. The blood of Christ, through the eternal Spirit, offered himself without blemish to God, will purify our conscience from dead works to serve the living God. So what purifies our conscience? It is the blood of Christ that purifies our conscience and enables us to serve with gentleness and fear. So we come back here. Make your defense. Make your defense and give your reasons with gentleness and with fear of God, maintaining a good conscience, first by gospel faith, 
trust Christ that he died to forgive all the sins that you feel guilty about, that your conscience condemns you for. That's the only way to get any start in the Christian life. We can't even begin to act in a gentle way and have a holy God-honoring fear of God unless we start here with Christ died for our sins. And then with that confidence and that blood-bought good conscience, then we may manage some measure of gentleness. And that gentleness circles back to give us a confirmed, clear conscience. And that's what will make our defense and our giving of reasons for our hope compelling if we're gentle and humbly fearful of God and fear on dishonoring him and having a good conscience. 